As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies in the middle, welcome back. And as I always kick off this show by saying thank you, y'all think I'm playing, y'all think I'm exaggerating, but just knowing that you all are on the other end of this mic, that you all are on the other end of these airwaves, just brings me so much joy. It is a responsibility and a privilege that I don't take lightly. So thanks again for coming on back to the middle. And uh, I'm going to tell y'all about my weekend just because I had a normal, good weekend. You know, sometimes like you just want like big things to happen or you want something crazy out of the ordinary. But sometimes when you just step back and look at like your regular normal, Just like your little, little, like your day to day. Sometimes you be like, that wasn't so bad. And I had one of those weekends where it was just like, I'm just in a blessing season. Lord, thank you. So on um, Friday, I went over to my mom's house and me, my sister, and my mom just had like some girl time. I brought over some Mexican food and some margaritas. My mama didn't drink anything, y'all. But me and my sister, on the other hand, part, partook of one solid, solid good margarita on a Friday night. So that was a blessing. And then on Saturday, my husband... And my um, two younger children just ran errands and, you know, just getting ice cream, running in and out of stores, buying things for the house. And then my oldest son, who uh, moved away about an hour away from college, he came to visit and we had some, you know, great time with him. And then Sunday, my husband and I went for an 18 mile bike ride. What? Yep. You heard it. Slated 18 miles. (laughs) It was great. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention that on Friday, I also went walking with one of my lifetime friends. Um, We went for about a four mile walk and it was just like, oh yeah. And then today, Sunday, I got like the best pedicure. Y'all like, if y'all want to bless me with anything ever, if you want to start at the low end, I'll take a pedicure or massage. But if you want to really, really bless my soul, you can just order me a massage chair off of um offer up. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Not offer up. It's COVID in these streets. I'm not trying to use nothing used. So don't go to offer up, but you can go to Groupon. Get it half off for me. Yo, that massage of my legs and my calves and my toes are cute and sitting in that massage chair. Like I got my full life back getting this pedicure and to top it all off my best friend joined me and we just had some good girl talk so y'all all in all this weekend was just like me surrounded by the people that I love and the people that love me and it was just simple just simple goodness 
So that is my kickoff encouragement to you. Where in your life can you just enjoy your simple goodness, right? So, but jumping into what we are talking about this month, the month of October, um, October is the month of Halloween. And so we're not going to be talking about ghosts, goons, and goblins, but we will be talking about the things that we are afraid of. And I'm not talking about the things that go bump in the night, but I am speaking of issues and realities and perceptions and thoughts and fears that are common to women 40 and over. And so we're going to talk about the first one today, and I'm going to start with a doozy, a big one. I'm going to start with number one, many women are afraid of being alone. Many women are afraid and fearful and have anxiety about being single. And we're going to dive into this today. We're going to talk about the five reasons that cause women to be fearful and act on that fear by making poor decisions all surrounded because they are afraid to be alone. And so listen, I know that y'all like, honey, you don't know. You's married and you always talk about your husband and your family. You don't know my pain, my struggle, my fear. But you know, I have so many friends, family and listeners and just the women that I have interacted with over the years that I have heard the complaints and the concerns and there are so many commonalities. So we're going to camp out with about five of those reasons. The first one is that many women are so afraid to be alone that they stay in relationships that they know they need to exit because they are afraid of starting over. Mm. They are afraid of starting over. They have put and poured so much of their time, their energy, their effort, their resources into this relationship, into this man that the thought of leaving it, the thought of starting over is absolutely overwhelming and paralyzing. And so because they are paralyzed with fear, they choose to stay in this relationship, a relationship that could possibly be toxic, a relationship that could just be just overall non-productive, or one that they just know that this ain't it. This is not the fullness of what I believe my relationship with a partner could be. But because I'm afraid to start over, I will be paralyzed with fear and that fear will cause me to stay and get stuck in a relationship that I know good and doggone well, ain't it? And so I want to talk to you all about that. And so y'all know that I think in pictures. And so I think about a woman who is feeling as if because she doesn't want to be alone and she's so fearful of starting over. I think about a track star. Who is going to run a race? Let's just say the 400 meter dash, the one time around race, right? And so he starts to run. And then there are other people that stop running at about 100 yards. And he keeps going. But as he looks around, he realizes that he was never running the 400 meter dash. All along, somehow, some way, he got in the wrong race. And what he was really running was the 100 meter dash. 
And so now he's faced with a decision. I'm already halfway in this race. I've already exerted so much energy. I've already exerted so much of my resources and people have seen me running this race. And so if I stop it now, people will see me quit and I will have to find other energy, other resources to go start this new race. But it would be crazy to continue running a race that that was never his goal. Because the finish line, which he wants, the 400 meter dash, he will never achieve because he is in the wrong race. Sis, I know you're afraid of starting over, but if this ain't your man, if this is not the productive partner that you see for your life and your future to keep running this race, to keep running this relationship because you spent time and energy and effort, you will never get to the finish line that you choose for yourself, that you want for your life because you are running the wrong race. So no matter how much harder you work, no matter how much you pour into the relationship, no matter how much you try to change him, no matter how, no matter what you do, sis, you on the wrong track. So to continue running this race will leave you empty, will leave you unrewarded. But for those of you who are brave and bold enough to say, yeah, people have seen me with this man, maybe for one year, two years, three years, 10 years. And it might be embarrassing to have to now be seen with no man, but I'm going to get off this track. You might say that I've put so much energy into this relationship and I'm already exhausted. How can I start over? But if you are bold enough, sister, if you take charge of your life, I want you to get off this track and start a new race. And what I can't tell you, what I can't promise you is what your finish line will look like. I can't promise you that you'll have this brand spanking tall, dark and handsome new dude at the end of the next race, the new track. I don't know that. But what I do know is that peace and productivity and prospering can be on that track. It might not end with the man and for some of you, it will. But what I do know that you can create a future that you want. Because oftentimes what we have settled into is the default future. I went to a conference last week and there was a gentleman talking about a default and a created future. The default future says, if I do nothing else, my life will end up like this. And for some of us, that's great. Some of us are on some positive tracks and that's where we want to end. But for others of us. We need to think about where do I need to create a new future? And sis, for you, it might be in your relationship with this man. The one that you've given two years to, three years to, four years to, the one that you've given money to, the one that you even have tattooed on your back. (laughs) That one. It is still not too late to start a new race and do not allow the fear of starting over to resign and settle yourself for a relationship that is not for you. Hey ladies, um, this is a little bit of a um, after insert because after recording this podcast, literally the same day recording this podcast, um, I looked on Facebook and saw that a husband or boyfriend, I'm not sure, had shot and killed his wife or girlfriend, um, shot her 10 times in front of their three young children. 
And I thought that it was very appropriate to just say that if you are in a relationship that you know you need to leave because it is dangerous, sister, I still encourage and strongly encourage you to leave. However, the truth is that the majority of women who are seriously hurt or killed by their spouses happens when um, they have decided to act on ending the relationship, whether they initiated the divorce papers, whether they moved out. And so the reality is that there is great danger in making that wise decision. So even though it's a dangerous decision, it is a necessary and wise decision, but it has to be done strategically. It has to be done with resources. It has to be done with protection and layers of protection for you and your family. So sis, if you or someone you know um, are in a relationship where there is domestic violence, I encourage you and empower you that it is still your best decision to leave. Um, October is actually domestic National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so there are lots of resources year round, but definitely in this month, there are lots of resources. But I want to give you the domestic violence hotline. It's 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. Sis, we love you and we want the best for you. So um, now back as they say, to the regular scheduled programming. All right, ladies. So now here's the reason number two, because we are so afraid of being single and alone. The second thing that many women will, um, the second behavior, the second trap, the second consequence of the fear of being alone is that many women will enter into relationships that they will settle for. So the first thing was that we stay in relationships that we know are not the relationships that we should continue. But this one, number two, is that we enter into, we entertain, we even allow them in our space. Relationships that we know are not ones that we should start. And so what happens is, here's the real, and I've talked to so many of my girls about this, is that it's almost like... testosterone withdrawal that you haven't been out on many dates. You're not even getting a whole bunch of looks. I mean, you just not having like any conversations, really not even a whole bunch of friend guys, just not much attention from men at all. And then something happens to where dude is like, Hey, little mama, they, they still out here calling grown full grown women, little mama. (laughs) Hey, shorty. When last have you been called shouting? Anyway, so what they will do, guys will start to give you the testosterone that you've been needing, the, you know, kiss on the cheeks, let me pick you up, call you and talk on the phone. Don't, don't, don't take me to no steak dinner and pay. So you start getting this attention, A-T-T-E-N-T-I-O-N, that you haven't gotten consistently in a while. And what it will cause you to do is to settle for the attention, even in the lack or absence of intention, I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N. And there are huge differences between attention and intention. 
attention is very surface and it fills you only on the surface and temporarily. And like, let's be real. Let's be 100% show enough in the middle real. Attention feels nice. It is very affirming for someone to tell you how beautiful you are. It is very soothing for someone to call you and say, have a good night or how you doing this morning. It is um, fun to have somebody to hang with and kick it with. And so, yes, I get it, sis. I understand why you talking to this dude who you know priorities in life are just, just messed up. You see how he spends his money. You see he don't save for nothing. You see how his mentality is kind of childish. You see how he doesn't have relationships with his children and that bothers you. You see how he has never made mention of long-term future with you. You feel and know deep down in your heart, not even deep down, like not even deep down, you feel that, you know what, he's just kind of maybe not stringing me along, but he's giving you just enough to keep you involved with him, just enough to keep you interested, just enough, here's a word, to keep you sprung. When last time you heard the word sprung? (laughs) Just enough to keep you baited. But then when it comes to, here comes some intention, comes to him getting to know you, and asking you questions and remembering things about you. And once he remembers those things, he starts to use them and interweave them within the relationship. He remembers that you are afraid of this. And so he buys a book that he said, you know what? I was researching that thing you told me you were kind of afraid of. And this book may may help you with that because I want you to get better. That's intention. Or if he says, you know what? I am considering changing jobs and want to know your thoughts because, you know, who knows, we may still be together in two years. So if I make this move to Chicago, that'll affect you. That's intention. He's considering you in his future. Or, now see, this is, we get all kind of, kind of, kind of funny. Like here's our age, right? I'm talking to ladies in the middle. We 40 and 50 and stuff. So no, I'm not going to be asking you on date one and two. Where do you see this going? Do you want to be married and have to? No, no, that's not first date conversations for everybody. But at 40 and 50, I am not afraid that once I see this relationship elevating to inquire about what is this? Do we need to define this? Because for me, I'm in this little gray area. I don't like being in a gray area. But not only should you bring it up, but a real man with intention should honestly bring it up first to you. And not saying that all of you have to have these long, drawn out two, three hour conversations about your future initially. But there is clarity and consistency. There we go. There we go. A man with intention gives you clarity and consistency with his intentions. He expresses it through his words and his actions. So some of y'all are just settling for the attention because it feels good. And you're like, if I don't entertain this dude, 
then it might be another year, two, three before another one even come around. Because before this one, I wasn't even getting no looks, no hollers. Or there might be some of you that saying that, yeah, I was getting some looks and some hollers, but it wasn't a dude of this caliber. And so sometimes we settle for the attention because the guy on paper, he looks real good. He's six figure plus and he has this great job and this great house and and the, the dude is just fly. And so we're like, mm, I'll settle for let, let's put him on the scale. Let's say he a strong nine. And in your recent past, maybe in your forever You've only leveled up to a five or six. And so you're saying, I would rather take the attention from this nine than take intention from what I perceive to be a five or a six. But let me tell you now, sis, when that five or six start pouring into you, start talking about futures, starts considering you and your long-term needs, that five or six will quickly become a 20. Trust and believe because ladies, a man that has no plan, no future for your life, but still takes up so much of your time, energy, and effort that is selfish. But a man that has intention for your life is sexy. And that, that man that has intention will quickly become sexy and climb up that scale for you. So ladies, if you are settling for attention, stop. I know it. I know it. I know you say, but Myra, you go to sleep with somebody in your bed every night. Somebody asks you how you doing. Somebody calls and checks to make sure you got home every night. So now you're telling me to trade that in for what? For what, Myra? I'm telling you, lady in the middle, I'm telling you, sis, to trade it in for space to receive what you need. And that space to receive what you need is your own time with yourself and realizing that unattached to a man, I am still whole. And you also need to trade in that attention for space to receive who or what's next. It is worth a trade, y'all. Don't settle for a man that has no intention for your life. All right. Number three, the third behavior, the third situation that happens when women feel that they are so afraid to be alone, especially at women of our age, we begin to do one of two things. We begin to stall or stop. And so what I mean by stall is that we just don't, you know, maybe I don't want to buy a house because I want to wait for my husband or or maybe I don't want to travel to this place because I would much rather do it with, with a guy. And maybe I don't want to make this decision or make this purchase or make this move um, because I'm waiting on the guy or if you don't stall kind of drag your feet about it maybe you stop 
maybe you've been pursuing education, but you've heard that men are intimidated by women who have too much education or women who have um, too many degrees or a certain level of power in, in an organization. So you're like, I don't want to take that promotion because I don't want to be unapproachable and intentional, or I'm not going to get that degree that I've been thinking about because I, I just don't want a guy to think I'm too much. So there are endeavors and adventures in your life, endeavors and adventures that you want to do, but you just say, I either don't want to do it without a guy because I won't enjoy it as much, or I don't want to have this thing and be intimidating to a man. Sis, listen, this is your season of your life. I don't know how long this season will be. This season could be your permanent season. Like I was talking to my sister the other day and she was kind of expressing something about being single. And I said something about girl, your man will come. And she looked at me and she was like, Myra, do you really think that all of your single friends and family are going to be married one day? And you know what? Since then, and after thinking about that, I said that I'm no longer going to encourage my friends to say, girl, your man going to come because I honestly don't know that. Some of you listening to me, some of you will be in fruitful, beautiful relationships. And there are others of you that there may not be your story. So that's no longer my encouragement. But my encouragement to you in this hill number three is that you do not stall and you do not stop your adventures or your endeavors waiting for a man. You are full and you are whole now. You are not a half person, so don't live a half life. You are not less than, so stop living like it. You are not in a holding or a waiting pattern. Sis, live your full, 100% full out great abundant life. And if a man comes into that space, that's a plus up, not a completion. There we go. Like adding a man to your life is a plus up, not a completion. It's something additional. It's something bonus. But you are full and whole and complete now. So live like it. Where you want to travel, go. Book that trip. That job that you wanted, if it's CEO, CFO, girl, get that. And if and when there is a man for you, he will be able to handle you in that position. Girl, Continue to stack your bank account and you might add a man to it that doesn't make as much as you, but the man, if and when comes as for you, he'll be able to handle that. Um, your education, your degrees, whatever, buy that house. Listen, if he has a house, y'all have figured out, y'all can sell it. Y'all can become renters together. Y'all can do whatever, but don't stall or stop waiting on a man. Sis, you are not half a person. So stop living half a life. Number four, we're so afraid to be alone because we feel that being single means that we are not living our best capable life. Somewhere, well, let me not say somewhere, our families and the church and just society at large has fed us the narrative that being married is better and that being single is a state of consistently trying to obtain marriage. And I don't believe that. 
I do not believe that. Being married and being single, both are perfect states. Sis, the season that you're in is perfect. I'm going to say that again. The season that you are in is perfect. Marriage is great. Married is the perfect season for some of us. And for you right now at this stage, your season is perfect. I'm not saying that you shouldn't desire marriage. That ain't what I said. But what I said was you shouldn't perceive your current state as striving to reach the state of marriage. And let me explain that a little bit further. Being married is a a season, a state of being. Being single is a season and a state of being. One is not better than the other. And oftentimes, especially our families asking when you're going to be married, when you're going to have kids, and even the church almost elevates um, families over the single person in just so many ways. But until, unless and until, you say to yourself, being married isn't better. Being married isn't best. I'm not less than because I'm single. Then you will always, forever in a day, wake up saying, today, I'm living a less than life. But you're not. I just want to reiterate to you that this fear of being afraid is rooted in the fact that society says you're less than because you're single. But sis, I repeat, you are a whole person, a whole woman living a whole life. And yes, you should desire marriage, but not as a, this is my level up if I get married. This is my completion of myself if I get married. This is the, um, pinnacle level. It's like if you're playing um, Mario Brothers and like you you reach that flag that you jump on and your whole 10, 15 minutes of playing that level, your only goal was to get jump off that cliff and reach that, that flagpole. Like that is the reason why I'm running this race. And that is the one goal that I have for myself. If you have that mentality that the reason that you're running this life and that the only goal that would show completion and greatness and fulfillment is that one flagpole of marriage, then since you may be afraid and fearful and have anxiety because you can't control that. And if you are banking your happiness, if you are banking your fulfillment on something out of your control. That's a scary place to be. So I want you to rewire and switch out what you perceive as your flagpole at the end of this level. Like your flagpole needs to be things that you can control. Things like relationships with your family and friends. How do you want that to look? Things like finances. How do you want that to look? And what are you setting up and saving and investing? Things of that nature that you can take control over your education, your career. That is the flagpole that you should be striving for. Since you're not a half a person, marriage is not a greater state. It is a different state. I'm going to say that three times. Marriage is not a greater state. It's a different state. Marriage is not a greater state. It's a different state. Marriage is not a greater state. It's a different state.
And I want you to maximize the state that you're in. And I know that you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear all you single people saying, I mean, married people saying, girl, just be happy you're single and you can do this and you can do that and enjoy being single. Sis, it's the truth. Just because you don't like to hear it doesn't mean that it is the truth. And there is blessings and there are blessings in singlehood. There are benefits of being single. There are blessings and benefits of being single. And while you are single, enjoy those blessings and benefits like someone wringing water from a towel. I want you to wring out and enjoy every ounce of blessing and benefits of being single that there are. Because yes, there are blessings and benefits to being married. 100% agree. Agree. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that don't live your singlehood foregoing the maximum experience of benefits because you're coveting marriage. Yes, you can desire marriage. I'm not saying that. But to covet it in such a way that you can't live your best life while you're single is not okay. Sis, enjoy, explore the benefits and the blessings of singlehood. All right, the last one. Often many of us, because we're so afraid of being alone, we have sometimes unknowingly set this barrier between us and God because when truth be told we're disappointed in him and we feel he is held back on a blessing from us and because of that wedge unknowingly or sometimes we realize it it begins to affect our spirituality our confidence in our father um, our belief that God Um, loves me like he loves everybody else. Um, It affects our faith because we say, I've been this and I've done this. And we fill in all these blanks of boxes that we've checked off. And some of us say, I've done it the right way. And I look at chicks out here. (laughs) When we want something that somebody have, they become chicks. (laughs) I, I look at this chick and she has this great man. And I've done things better than she. So it begins to affect our faith because we would say, I no longer believe that God is good to me. And so ladies, I was reading Genesis, um, Genesis three. It's just about Eve. And when Satan approached her and said, you know, God said, don't touch that apple. Didn't he? And then Eve says, I'm sorry. Satan says to Eve, God said, don't eat that apple. Right. And then Eve says, well, yeah, God said, don't eat or touch that apple. And so I've always wondered, why did Eve lie on God? God didn't say don't touch that apple. But in my mind, as I pondered that, I believe that Eve was like all along. She had a problem with God telling her not to eat that apple. And so she let that fester and just seep into her heart. And she let that without voicing it to God, 
without voicing her confusion or disappointment. She just let that thing mull over in her own heart and head. And so what happened was she began because she from the beginning had a problem with God's decision, but didn't discuss it with him and bring it to him and lay it at his feet. Instead, she built up resentment. And then that resentment actually made God seem less loving and more strict than what he was. Because it went from don't eat the apple to God, I can't even touch it. Like, I I can't believe that he won't even let me touch it. Why? Why won't he let me have it? And so what happened was she focused on what she couldn't have despite the abundance and then ended up being resentful of God and built him to be an unfaithful and unloving God because of how she consistently mulled that thing over. How about you, sis? Has the focus on this one area of your life and your um, lack of bringing it to God, laying it at his feet, talking to him about it, um, expressing how you really feel. Those two combinations could really hinder your faith. The combination of dwelling on the thing that God hasn't given you in spite of all the things that he has, plus coupled with not laying your heart before him, the heart that he already know, saying, God, this is how I feel. This is what I need. Um, Just discussing, just just laying your heart before him. That's a bad combination. And like Eve, it may cause you to sin in such a way that will bring about consequences. Unfavorable consequences. So sis, Don't be disappointed with God. Talk to him consistently and regularly about your heart and ask him to flip that thing. Lord, help me to focus on the things that I do have and help me to focus on them so strongly, so heavily that it changes my thought. Maybe not my desire, because listen, you may never lose the desire to be married. But what you will do, what will happen is that it's going to be this whole like 90, 10% that you're, you're going to start dwelling so hard on your blessings that 90% of your life is going to be amazingly filled. And then there will be those 10% times because the desire may not fade away. But that you will have some, I wish that I was married. And you may have some Netflix nights where it may bring you to tears because this is a real desire. But then that next morning, that next Saturday morning, when you're out with your girls or you're taking your nieces and nephews around or you're going on that trip to Aruba or whatever, living your best full life, you say, God, I originally made you out to be this mean God that was withholding. But now that I've changed my thoughts and I look at the abundance of what I have, yeah, I want a man. And I hope you still bring that for me. But the abundance of the other areas of my life just make this thing seem much smaller than it was. A little less important 
because now I realize that you are a good God that has given me good things that you haven't given me all things because you just don't do that. God doesn't operate like that. And I wish he did. Even in my marriage, sis, there's some voice that I feel God hasn't given me or that God won't feel for one reason or another. But it doesn't make him mean, doesn't make him withholding. It just says that this is the script that God has written for me and help me to enjoy this script. Help me to play this role to the fullest. Sis, my single sisters out there, just to reiterate, you are a whole person now. Don't settle for things that are beneath what you need. I'm not saying don't have standards, but I'm saying don't just settle for attention. Don't stay in a relationship that's not yours. Um, and the biggest thing I want you to, to leave you with is that you are full where you, where you are right now. You are a full person in a full life, in a full family. And so go live your full life now because sis, getting older with style and grace ain't easy. But somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? Why not now? And as always, go choose to make it a great day.